Que onda, primos y primas, and welcome back to my primos podcast. My name is Freddy, and with me tonight is my primo and yours, the man with many names and many faces, El Siete, El Chicume, El Walter. Say what's up, Walter. Uh, late happy birthday to Stanley. Oh, that's and, and, and to baby mama. It was her birthday on Sunday, and it was your birthday on Friday, right? Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Well, just not, not to uh, leave out the Mr. Kevin Garcia from KevinGarcia.com, Monomythic.com. Kevin Garcia joining us back from yet another whirlwind expedition at one of the more, many, many, many conventions that he's doing. He just came back from yeah. <laughs> one convention right? after another for the past several weeks. Yeah. And I was at Greater Austin the weekend before that. Uh, both of which I was doing panels. I was moderating uh, celebrity guests and talking about weird topics and that kind of stuff. The good stuff, man. You it's, know what? People want to be a moderator. They really want to do that job. Someone told me that I'd be good at that. I don't know if I if I, if I could yeah. pull it off, to be honest with you. Don't have the patience for a live audience. Or maybe I need the live audience. I don't know, Kevin. We'll talk about it here. But, guys, remember, you can follow us at my primos podcast on all social media of course also follow mr kevin garcia at kevingarcia.com and monomythic all your social media out there look us up on social media we have our link trees there we'll of course make sure to reach out to you if you reach out to us El Chikume that hasn't heard any voicemails yet guys remember that link is in the link tree he wants to hear all the hate mail he loves it he thrives on it tell him to pick a name please have him pick a name yeah, and of course no, guys just want to know that this <laughs> The show comes to you for free week to week to any of your podcast services. All it costs you is a like, a share, and let us know that you're out there listening. Primos, Every yes, day it has a birthday. different name. So. It was my birthday, and at what point do we just stop celebrating a birthday, though? Like, I'm not saying, oh, like, I, I can't. No, no, look, when I was, like, mid-30s, I said, uh, my, my friends were like, do you want to have a birthday party? And I said, I want a piñata party. And they're like, what? I'm like, I want a piñata party. So I got a piñata party. And I pulled the piñata out of my backyard, and I go into the house, and I pulled out some sword that a friend of mine gave me previously. And they're like, wow. you can't use a sword on a piñata. I'm like, I'm an adult. I could use a sword on a piñata. It's so, my party, you know, and, I, and I sword if I want to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this past year, I turned uh, the magic number of 42. So I decided to throw a big 42 party uh, for all the geeks out in the audience. A lot of them know 42 is mm -hmm. the nerdiest numbers there is. Uh, so we you know, played video games and had a pool party and all kinds of like that. I don't Some celebrate every year, but you know, you don't turn forty-two every week. I mean, you, when train? do you stop? When, when you, do you um, stop? When do you stop celebrating it, and when do you just start acknowledging it or remembering what, it because it already passed? What I'm saying <laughs> is, you don't need to stop celebrating it, but you don't need to necessarily celebrate every year anymore. So now you just kind of pick a year. You'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna be thirty-seven. I want to celebrate thirty-seven. You know, fuck it. You know? Well, it, it, it feels like it's you would just celebrate the more memorable years, you know. Because uh, the, the the last year I made a big deal about something was when I 30 went to Vegas. Mm -hmm. But since then, I, I'm going to, what, turn 37, 36? I don't even know. Uh, next year or this year, I don't even know again. But I'm not really thinking about, you know, making a big deal out of it. Like, I mean, celebrate 37 if you want. So, so Freddie, uh, what are you this year? You are now old enough to drink? Uh, yeah, I've been or, well. Or 14 was the time now? I was old enough to drink. Uh, I'm 38, man. 38. I'm a baby. I'm a baby compared to some of the people we hang with. But, hey, man, at the end of the day, I'm an old soul. 
my wife. That's how I got my wife, man. So I got my wife. I told her, "Hey, I may, I may be, I may look young, but I'm an old soul." You know, that's what it took. That and a lot of more of uh, Morrissey. But hey, we'll just uh, move that train along. But you know, we always talked about having a Morrissey conversation, but yet no one wants to have it with me. Maybe it's my age range, but still, Latino culture has had a lot of a lot of love for Maz. I put that out there. They even had Ant Man. Remember? Luis is, yeah, but uh, didn't, didn't they say didn't they say Morrissey like talk said some dumb shit about like, like people listening to his music or something like that? Apparently, it's funny too. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Morrissey's uh Morrissey's fun, man. I, I like Morrissey. There's sometimes where I had to kind of pull back the Morrissey for a bit because I wasn't digging where he was politically. He was really anti. Uh, uh, refugees were coming into London and. He wasn't for the immigration of, of these people that needed the help. So I kind of backed off. I kind of just didn't support it, didn't listen to it. That was my choice, my way, I guess, to kind of just, you know what, I'm just not going to support that. But, I but grew up they love that. him so much, especially in El Defe. Like, Morrissey, shit, man. It's a, they love him out I don't there. Know. It's like you support what you, you want to support what you want to thrive. But when you see that those things that have thrived because you've supported them, starts twisting that and using that that elevation for something bad, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. So yeah, like, birthday was here. I, I was a late convert to the Smiths, man. It took me yeah. adulthood before I really listened to them. And that was way after their prime. Well, I'll stick to the clash and Joe Strummer. They haven't let me down. He's dead. So I don't think he will. So. <laughs> you never know, man. Sometimes you get stuff out of the woodwork, you know, they got the skeletons yeah. that come out years later. Mm-hmm. That's true, man. Sometimes you got to let things just be, but yeah, we move on. Kevin, so let's talk about Comic Palooza and even Greater Austin Comic Con. We didn't have a chance to really chat about some of the panels that you were a part of. I know you host tons of them. Sometimes you're able to sit in on them. Uh, come on, share a little bit. Well, I mean, I, I, it's fun. I got to work with a lot of voice actors this time uh, at Greater Austin. I got to do the voice actors to do the villains of My Hero Academia, and at Comic Palooza, I got to work with the heroes of My Hero Academia. Uh, I got to say, anime fans are like nobody else. Uh, there, you get a whole audience full of people dressed as the characters. You have one thing I love is that they're super polite anime fans compared to not the other ones are like rude, but like I told everybody line up in a row so that I can you know get your questions one at a time. And all the anime fans at at Comic Palooza they kneel down and wait their turn so that they're not blocking the view of somebody else. And I'm like, that is oh. so considerate. Well, like, well, 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 you do that at most cons. You said it for a reason, then. So that means that anime. People are, or anime fans are a lot more courteous, I guess, or what? Well, actually, one of the actors said that. Um, uh, Trina Nishimura actually made a comment about that, where she was saying that she notices that anime fans support each other a lot. So there's a lot of like inclusiveness. So they're not worried, like, hey, you know, you're too short, or you're too this, or you're too that, or, or you have uh, your LGBT, or, or, you know, whatever you may be. Uh, a- uh, abled, differently abled, doesn't matter. You're accepted. And again, it's not saying that other fandoms aren't going to be inclusive too. It's just that American anime fandom just tends to have a lot of that. Have you hosted many anime panels as opposed to your traditional comic book or American or Western like cartoon or animation panels? Is there a a different vibe from the crowd that you're feeling? Yeah, there's definitely a different vibe. Uh, I would say I've hosted a lot of both. It's funny because... I've always been on the periphery of anime. You know, my, my background is more American comics, American cartoons, uh, uh, American European sci-fi and fantasy. Um, whereas I've always had an interest in 
uh, anime and, and manga and manhua and, and other stuff like that, it didn't really take off until recently. So I, whenever I would have a panel, I'd spend the whole like week in advance or days in advance studying up on that cartoon or that, that show or whatever it is so I could talk to them about it. Um, but, but yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. Um, you know, it's funny, not, not related to my panel, but related to just fandoms in general, there's been a okay. lot of talk recently of fans of the boys just kind of suddenly realizing Homelander is a parody of the far right. What? You know, people didn't know that. And then I just saw something right now where somebody was just now finding out that Rorschach from the Watchmen is a parody also of the far right. And like, neither of these guys, like, like fans were like, no, Rorschach's the greatest guy ever. And literally Alan Moore said, you're supposed to see him as a crazy man. The reason I designed him was to look like the crazy alternative and people identified with him. And he's like, what did you do to my book? You're reading it wrong. Um, and that's and the thing with any of this, right? Like this fandom, right? Like you yeah. look at someone, an example, if you haven't seen the boys, we talked about it and I don't want to spoil because at this point you should, yeah. you should watch it, but if you're going to watch it, watch it. We're going to watch it, watch it. Walter have watched it. And then Kevin, you'll, yeah. you'll pick up on the beats from it and whoever listens, I'm sorry. The fandom of a character can be taken overboard and not seen for what it really is, right? Well, well, can, well, can I say this? Can I say this too? Though people tend to be a lot more, you know, complex. It's more uh, on on shows or comic books. They tend to be a little bit more two dimensional, just for the mm-hmm. sake of definitely shit simple to a certain extent. But it's a, it's like a song. You make of it what you want, right? You go and ask the artist. A lot of artists will tell you, well, you know, you make of it what you want. So. I got that. I'll say that. Well, let's no, say, let's that's, that's a very good point. Hold on. Walter okay. made a really good point. A lot of fans say that once it's gone out there in the ether, it now belongs to them. And if they want to interpret it differently than the author, that's their right. And, you know, I can't tell them they're Cause, wrong. Cause go, going back to Rorschach, like I always compare him to my dad. My dad is like the truth, nothing but the truth. That's yeah. kind of what I got from him. Are there other qualities that I may not be that I may be overseeing or may may not have been paid attention Literally to? The first lines you on know? the first page. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I've never read the comic. I just okay. saw oh, well, the, movie, well, the movie. You yeah, know the yeah. movie. And so then, so then another. That's another thing that uh, uh, comic books are one thing, but then the movies are getting reinterpreted by the director or the writers, and then mm-hmm. you're you're missing a lot. There's like another, you know, gatekeeper, whatever you want to call you it. There. You mentioned the movie. Uh, I think the extended version of the movie does have all of Rorschach's really problematic lines, but I think the theatrical version of the movie cut them out for time. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see because Rorschach is definitely this is right and this is wrong, but there's also, you know, all the stuff he says about people, you know, whether you're gay or, or you know, whatever you are. He, he literally just says stuff about people like that. Yeah, okay. basically. Calls it debaucherous that. yeah. and yeah. and that that's wrong. It's their own fault for yeah, exactly. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of harsh things coming out of that character, but I think it comes down to like Walter says earlier too, if the director's the one pushing this particular image out there, yeah. right? But what I was getting to with Homeland, are you saying mm-hmm. people are oh they just now realize that that this character is extreme. He's 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 obviously just Parody of Trump, and, 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 this know, is a, and this is a series, so they're able to kind of show a lot more of right what leads yeah. to it's a character. Time. It's our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, even the show within itself is so it's so self aware because that's what happens in the show itself that his his post. own fandom yeah. 
doesn't see what he really is because they're blinded by their this image that they're they're sold that they're pitched similar to Walter and the Rorschach image, right? It's kind of like how it's interpreted and given to you, and now you realize, oh shit! Like it's my Morrissey conversation earlier. It's like Morrissey you know? too. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side, uh, the week before at Greater Austin, I worked with the Batman panel, right? Yeah, that's now, cool. Batman fandom that that has a tendency to go either way. Sometimes there's a very strong like gatekeepery kind of toxic fandom that gets attached to it, especially with the Joker, uh, sometimes with Batman himself. But at the same time, pretty much universally accepted, Kevin Conroy is the Batman for like multiple generations of people. And he is very proud to say that your favorite Batman is gay, you know, because he struggled a lot. Uh, he recently did, a, in fact, I asked him about this on stage. He recently did an autobiographical comic book uh, talking about a, being a gay man in Hollywood in the 80s and 90s and how hard it was where people would just literally make fun of him as soon as they find out about him. Um, and then he went from that kind of a life to becoming just known as the Batman for the rest of his life. Um, and he's very proud of that. So let me ask you something, Kevin. I, I'm you know, curious. So when you're literally doing... hiding something, right? Um, oh yeah, that's actually, that's actually that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Walter, exactly what yeah. you said. That's what Kevin Conroy said. When, when they told him, yeah. when he asked like, what's the part about, he didn't know anything about Batman, right? He didn't know what the character. They're like, well, he's hiding a part of himself every time he goes out in public. Um, and then the mask he shows people is Batman. And he's like, I can, do, I can do that. And then that's literally, so he saw himself as literally having those like two sides to his personality, the real him and the version that he just shows the public. Let me ask you, my question was, as a moderator, are you digging for things? Are you, what is oh, the point? Yeah. And maybe I'm going a little behind the curtain, right? No, that's a good, but, that's a good question to ask. And in fact, yeah, I mean, that is something a moderator was, should not do. Okay. Like if you had somebody on your podcast, right. yeah, you might want to dig a little bit. Like it might be good to be like, hey, you know, what did you really mean when you said that? You said this. And maybe some guest is going to be upset about that. And that depends on your podcast, whether you want to do that or not. No. But for a Comic-Con, you would definitely not do that mm -hmm. because you are here to have these invited guests talk to their fans. So you should not be doing gotcha questions. Because I remember, yeah. I, I remember for I think for Venom, what's it? Tom Hardy got asked yeah. a question about his yeah, sexuality, yeah. Yeah. and it was like, "What the fuck? Like, what, none of your business." That that exactly. kind of like uh, exactly. Even um, even though even though it was a it was it doesn't seem like it was an ill intended question, kind of from what I recall, but he didn't want to answer it, right? I don't know. Right. The only reason I brought up with Kevin Conroy because he's he's been publicly uh, gay for many years, but the only reason I brought it up at all is because. That, that autobiographical comic just got published in DC Pride. So because it just got published and I knew he was proud of it, I wanted to ask him about it. So that's the only reason I brought it up. Um, but you don't want to have a moderator on stage do gotcha questions. In fact, your whole job is to balance that out. So sometimes you'll get an audience question that is inappropriate or maybe just confusing. And then it'll be my job to reinterpret it. Um, sometimes like Batman, for example, you get somebody ask a question like, well, what happened in episode this of episode that? And what really did they did that character mean? And these are the voice actors, you know? They don't they, know all uh, that. Yeah, sometimes they're involved in the writing, but but not usually. So I will reinterpret it and say something along the lines of, is there a, an emotional place that you wanted to go with your character that the scripts didn't let you go? Or how do you feel? You know, like, I'll try to reinterpret it in that kind of a way, you know? So you're, so you're, <laughs> you're playing in, intercept for whatever, like whenever the public asks questions, whether it's, not well if, if whether it's not a question that's well asked mm -hmm. or if it's a 
Yeah. The question, I don't well, know. Kevin, well, I'm kind of, kind of easing, kind of easing get... myself into it. Like uh, uh, before we move forward, I want to ease into it, but it's like you mentioned that you were part of a pa- of a of a panel as well uh, with other moderators, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in that panel, but I was in another panel where I got to give my opinion. So yes, go ahead. So my question is this: as a moderator, right? Because people always think of it's just, oh, hey, this guy's the host. He's just there mm-hmm. to kind of you know, keep the, the conversation moving, right? But it's more than that, isn't it? I mean, you're showing right now. You have to kind of play intercept. You have to reinterpret things. It's it's more than just a hype man, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and, you're not, you're and, not DJ Khaled. Like, you, you. So sometimes I will tell jokes to keep things going. So, for example, uh, at a one point, Kevin Conroy was talking about how great it was to be in the room, you know, talking with the other actors. And saying that they really loved doing recently, they did some stuff with other actors. And there was one who was going to do with Mark Hamill as the Joker, but Mark couldn't do it because he was busy doing one of the new Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. And after the end of that conversation, I turned to the audience and I go, man, I learned something new today. Mark Hamill was in Star Wars. And, you know, that's a dumb joke, but they laughed. And the thing is, is that uh, Walter just said right now, some of them are dumb questions. No, they're not dumb questions. You may have kids that are, I say kids, I mean, they're adults. You may have adults or kids that will ask questions that they're scared to ask or they're shy to ask or they don't know how to ask. Uh, just this past weekend for the My Hero Academia, we got one question out of the blue. This guy asked, who would win in a fight, The Thing or Kirishima, a, a rock-based a strong guy from uh, My Hero Academia? And like, that's a odd question for voice actors, but at the same time, it still became a bit of a discussion about American superheroes versus Japanese superheroes. And that is something the voice actors could talk about. So even though it was a question that was kind of left field, it still worked really well, you know? Yeah. And the plus, sometimes you get really silly, stupid questions. Not stupid questions. I said it right now. There's a stupid question. Well, there are. But, like, <laughs> you get silly ones, like. Hey, but do you have you have assholes do, do that they, walk in they, there trying to start okay, shit, do, too, do though, the, right? You know? Yeah, the, yeah, you do. Do the questions get pre-screened, like, no. when you're calling a radio wait. show? It's just. Wait. Yes and no. Most panels, no. But if it's a really, really massive panel, usually. So, for example, um, the other week we talked about San Diego Comic-Con, which I'm hoping to go to this week, uh, just for the record, we're recording this before San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con. Um, and at Hall H, which is the biggest panel room they have at San Diego Comic-Con, um, that is where they have the biggest celebrities, and they will usually have somebody pre-screen the question before they go up. And that doesn't mean somebody couldn't say a different question when they get up there, but, you know, it's not not going to happen very often. Um, that's, that being said, it's still the moderator's job to, to mediate. So for example, um, one thing people are not supposed to do is bring gifts from the audience to the people on stage or vice versa. Um, in fact, it's explicitly stated at, at San Diego comic-con, you know, in the rules, each guest is given a little card that says in the back of the card, do not accept or give things while on stage. Like you do it during autographs, but not here. Um, and I remember I was at one years ago where, um, uh, uh, Henry Cavill, or what's his name, Superman? Uh, somebody asked yeah. him, hey, can I get your 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 title card? And the moderator just flat out said, yeah, you can have it. And the whole audience started booing. And the moderator's like, why are you guys booing? Because the audience knows the rules. The audience knows you're not supposed to do that. But at the same time, at the Hero Academia panel I just did, somebody brought a gift to the panel. And before I could even say, well, we have to wait till this autograph, the actor immediately said, yes, bring it to me. And I was like, all right, well, he already said that, so go on. And it ended up being he did a character that always wears a cape or that sometimes wears a cape and the, the audience member made a cape for him to wear. And so he worked. That's cool. The panel, and it was really adorable. 
So, that is cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's fun to see the panels. I enjoy panels. Sometimes it's always one of these things where you have to convince someone that hasn't gone to conventions. Like, oh, let's go check out a panel. And they're like, why am I going to sit down in a room? I want to go look at stuff. I want to yeah. buy stuff. I want to be wowed. Everybody but the panels is... Yeah, there you go. Exactly, right? Everybody wants swag and just the pictures. But the panels are where I think the, the bulk of the fun is, too. That's where you get to hear people that create the things, the people that you associate with. Like, Walter loves Batman the Animated Series. That's like, that was his thing with him and his dad. His dad would sit there with him and watch it. Like, he wouldn't enjoy the voice of Batman just being in the room with him. Of course he would. Yeah. You know, he's not a comic book fan, per se, but that panel would have been something he'd enjoy. As a fan myself, when I'm just attending an event, my two favorite things are panels, but also Artist Alley. Like, I don't really, I, I've never gone for celebrity autographs or photos of celebrities, even though I talk to them on stage a lot. It's never been a draw for me. For me, it's like, I want to hear about the creations. So I want to see the artists and the writers and the actors who bring this stuff to life and have conversations with them. Um, you know, that's, that's what I get. And when, it come, and when it comes to panels, it typically, is, it, is there, I'm assuming there's always a mix of not only the the voice actor but the right or is it very rare to have the whole team it's very rare to have the whole team yes although it does happen uh usually you're going to get like well this panel is voice actors all right this panel is comic book artists and you're like okay this panel is comic book historians who are going to talk just about uh, a really famous uh creator from back in the day that kind of a thing i'm excited man it's cool to have somebody on the show be able to travel go to these conventions and you will recognize right in the wild by one of our our fan yeah, listeners, I was recognized by a listener. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Somebody recognized me from TikTok or something? Uh, and it, it turns out it's, a, it's an artist that has uh, talked with you guys before, and, and he's a fan of some of the other guests you've had, like Five Meets and stuff. And uh, yeah, Josh. There's uh, a Josh Loera. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Josh. Yeah, uh, very he, cool. Guy. He's been a yeah, very 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 cool guy. He's a primo too, and just kind of helping me with a project that I've been working on with him too. We have to get back on that, but he's talented man he gave up a, a a lot to just jump on the creation train and 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 make yeah, his product crazy, and put it out crazy, there so crazy guy crazy guy hey man crazy <laughs> but sometimes crazy gets it gotta, done yeah right? yep that's usually that's the only people that get it done but i do want to talk about something that did at this point we have at least me and kevin did and most of the people out there finished miss marvel the Disney so, Plus series. Spoilers will be discussed for a show that by this spoilers. point has been ended for several weeks. Uh, yeah. So if you have avoided them so far, pause, watch the last episode, come back. But we want to do like a review of the whole show. What do you think, Freddie? Honestly, if we're going to go by the primo scale, <laughs> I think that my initial gut is I loved it. I really enjoyed the feels on this. It's going to rank very high when I get to there in my numbers. Um, I enjoyed the character. I think that there was a very genuine energy of everybody involved in the show. Um, be it from the just the beginning to end. And even that the, at the end, us getting the, I mean, I'm going to say it. We get, we get Carol Danvers. I mean, come on. Like, that's just, wow. Oh shit. You know, she's right there. Uh, so well, we'll get to the ending here, but Honestly, I loved it from beginning to end. You're talking about feels, man. I, While I heard some people complain about this or that about the show, the one thing it had down was the emotion because, like, okay, so they took what was already a fun story that I enjoyed reading the first time out in the comic and made it more emotional. You have, okay, her powers are now tied intimately to her family. 
her bracelet was even in the comics was tied to her grandma, but now even more so, and we'll find out more about it, you know, in the movies. Um, but now her mask was made by her best friend, you know, her costume was made by her mom, and then her name came from her dad. So, and, oh, and then on top of that, the entire community comes together to back her up and make her believe that she is a real hero. And I'm like, that's a beautiful origin. Like, yeah, that sounds, sounds like a, that sounds like a, a first generation Latino graduating. It really you know? is. It's somebody who is like, <laughs> like uh, could be part of a new community, but still like building their own cap and all that. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm with you. I know, Walter, you didn't finish it. You're close to finishing it. Well, you said you're. I, I, well, I want to throw a monkey wrench into it. Like, like uh, Kevin was. I heard. I came across some stuff. People just tearing it down, like really bad. So some of the complaints I heard. Um, well, the biggest complaint is people are going to be like, well, she's not important enough to be a hero or crazy. People will say, well, I don't associate with her because she's not whatever I currently am. And it's like, too bad. That's, that's but, stupid. But I, a legitimate complaint I heard, I think, in my view anyway, is there wasn't really a strong through plot line. Like the emotional plot line was solid. But like the okay. what are the stakes, who's the bad guy, that kind of stuff wasn't really established. And not all the not all the Marvel Disney Plus shows have that. Like um, WandaVision didn't have a villain to the very end, but it had a consistent what the hell's going on happening. Um, uh, Loki had a pretty consistent villain, either in Sylvie or in whoever the people pulling the strings were throughout the entire show. Um, Hawkeye, uh, back and forth on whether there was a solid villain. Yeah. Middle of the show, they brought in uh, Black Widow, uh, the new Black Widow. Yeah. Um, but I, I personally would have preferred there be a solid villain. Doesn't be a strong, powerful villain. Just one driving force that she's going against. Because in episode one, she's the reason things go wrong. Yes, she saved somebody's life, but she also put her in danger. Episode yeah. two, she saves her friend, but she put him in danger. And it's like the, So it's like uh, I'd, I'd rather blame the bad guy if she because not every show needs a bad guy, but she's a traditional superhero. And a traditional superhero costume, mask, all that kind of stuff. Should have a traditional villain. I don't know, but I think that what it, where it lacks is the fact that there isn't. Well, let me slow down. What it does right is a teenager getting powers. Yeah, right? yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. She's not super Sam strong. Did a good there job. you go. Exactly. It's a matter of. If you were 15, 16 years old and randomly got powers, you're not going to know how to use them. You're mm -hmm. going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. It's all these things you run into, right? What was Remember that uh, even in Civil War back then when that came out, that was a whole argument, right? Some kid just has magic powers and boom, something happens, right? Yep. So I I dug it. I like the nods. You know, we had the oh, damage uh, control, you know, yep. damage control there. Versus, yeah. Uh, exactly. Justin, I already previously brought up. Um, yeah, which I, which now we can talk about. Like you were, your and I'll put I'll put you a little bit of a little love on there. Your video there, man. People are chiming in, commenting on it. You know, it, it's something that is legitimately still up in the air. We don't know about the bands, right? We don't know if that could be something mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. the line. But it, your theory rang enough to to bring to cause some kind of theory, some doubts here and there. And at the end, she wasn't. She's not a not a gin, right? Wait, before, before we get into that, I just want to say one thing real quick. Um, part of the theory was talking about how the bands can be dangerous, and in the show itself, they talk about the risk of blowing up the entire Earth. But I got to say, as much as I loved the beats of the show, I never felt the stakes of it. Like, technically, mm. technically the world could have ended, 
but the stakes always felt as dangerous as what if mom finds out, you know? Mm. Um, all right. But now back to that, what you were saying about the gin. Um, one thing I said in my theory when I was talking about the clandestine is that I wasn't sure how the Muslim viewership would react to this because yeah. I, that's not my, that is not my culture. You know, it's not my place yeah. to say. Um, but I, I knew from, cause I, as a, uh, I, I knew from my past experience that Jin is, uh, a figure in that, in the religion, you know, yeah. uh, like, and I compared it to angels and demons and stuff like that, although it's often considered kind of like a third set there between angels and demons. Um, and sure enough, after we recorded that, I, I started watching some TikTokers who were saying that as much as they loved the show, that one aspect of it bothered them. Because for some uh, Muslims, depending on, on, on how devout they are, or which sect they're part of or whatever, um, would see asking Miss Marvel for help as equivalent to asking a jinn for help. And that would be the Catholic equivalent of asking a demon for help instead mm -hmm. of a saint or, or some other good figure. Okay. Uh, and so so uh, one TikToker even said, you know, what if there's a little girl out there that says, mommy, I want to dress up as Miss Marvel. Mommy looks into it, finds out she's a gin and says, you can't dress up as her for, for you know, whatever reason. Sure, but I, grew, I, grew, I grew up with, I grew up with that. Like my dad being very like mm -hmm. Christian. Uh, he, anytime that Halloween came up, he's like, no, you're not going to go out there and worship the devil. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, and, and, that get was and get blades on your candy or some dumb shit like that. So. so I don't know, Walter, if you're aware of this, but Freddie, what was the big reveal at the end? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Like no, I did not saying. I did not watch it, but baby mama uh -huh. and daughter were watching it. Yeah. But I want to hear Freddie say it. What happened? Yeah, go ahead. Because it's a big reveal. I mean, there's more than one. I'm gonna say at the end when Bruno no, I mean was saying his goodbye. Because she's not a gin anymore. What does she know? No. She is a I'm blanking. What is it? She's a mutant. <laughs> See, I was getting there when Bruno was saying goodbye in the car. He was yeah. like, "Hey, I look more into your bracelet, yeah, and it's yeah. more of a mutation." And then we hear they actually they play the music. But what did she say? Which was cool. She's like, Her "You know what? Huh? Whatever. It's just another label." Yeah, she right? doesn't know what it is yet. And it doesn't matter yet. Um, you, you know what's actually kind of funny to me uh, in a weird way. Is that in the comics, Miss Marvel was an inhuman, right? Yeah. But she never lived the inhuman experience. Um, because for most inhumans, you are either raised in the society of the inhumans or you become indoctrinated to them when you find out that's your ancestry. But for her, she was basically told, you are welcome to come and learn to be an inhuman. And instead, she's like, no, nah, I'm going to stay with my family. And they were like, cool, see you later. So she never experienced inhuman life. And now if she's the first mutant officially of the MCU, because we don't know about Wanda, what's going on with her yet, then she also hasn't lived the mutant experience. Because for mutants, their whole big thing is that they are prejudiced because of their mutation. Now, yes, yeah. people going after her because of her powers, but they would have done that for anybody in a costume, right? So yeah. it's like, it's interesting to me that in the comics, she's an inhuman that didn't live the inhuman experience. And in the TV show, she's a mutant that didn't live the mutant experience. So it's kind of like, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to take. I don't have a takeaway. Do you that. think though, like that, because she's they're gonna go the mutant route, that's gonna allow? Well, let me back up. Like crossover. I think no. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we're gonna get it. I mean, we're gonna get the animated '90s uh, X Men cartoon, right? We're gonna get okay. that. The reboot. Can you explain how 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 that is the the mutant angle? What do you mean? Like how how is it that like she has 
her genes or what? Like, I don't get it. Like well, okay. So in, in the comics and, and most of the movies or whatever, mm-hmm. mutant is just something inside of you that just yeah. kicked off, usually at puberty. Sometimes it needs an external push to kick off, but usually at puberty it kicks off. And that is power that you don't know, you don't know how to control, and you have to learn how to be that person now. Um, and Which she did through this show. She did through the show. And for her, Bruno said that her bracelet activated whatever was inside of her. So basically, um, it's not that anybody could use that bracelet. It's that somebody with that mutation, or maybe even a mutation, who knows, could use that bracelet. Um, you know, so we don't have the full explanation yet, but uh, okay. back in the 60s, the whole idea of being mutants is that they didn't have to worry about origins now. Everybody had a, they just, know, everybody's you a power. You're just born with it. Yeah, it's good. But the crossover is because it's going to allow for that to now be the, the answer as to somebody that has an mm-hmm. ability. So, yeah. oh, this person does that. Oh, he must be a mutant or have a mutation. And it kind of gets around that whole mist. Remember the, the whole, yeah. I don't know what arc it was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was from the uh, Infinity. Uh, it was just called Infinity. It wasn't Infinity anything? Just Infinity. yeah, just Infinity. Um, and uh, Black because that was like released. the activation. Yeah, as well the mist. This mist would come in. Origin cloud was going around the Earth, which is honestly a weird setup, but you know, let us I mean, it got the job done, right? I mean, but let uh, the, so to go through the story telling of it. If I have to give it a number on here, uh, I think it, it's a solid four for me. Um, it did lack a bad guy. See, um, and I love the time travel aspect. I love them going back to the whole. They kept re- the grandmother talking about the story. The grandmother talking about the trail of stars and the little bit of a twist we get with Kamala being there when her grandmother gets separated from her family, and you kind of piece things together and she gets that realization, which ties into the feels of it. Like, like it was me. I'm the one. And she got to meet her great grandmother, Aisha. And I dug the storytelling. It, it got the job done. I mean, I think it was very, like you said, Disney afternoon at times because there was no real danger per se. I, well, see, I again, there was danger, but they didn't act like there was, which is why I would give storytelling a three. Okay. Like, um, I, the feels were there totally, but the storytelling, you know, there wasn't really a consistent through line other than just don't let people find out of whatever it is I'm trying to do this week. Um, there wasn't, you know, when we got a villain, they, they were there, but they weren't really explained like are all clandestine evil. Um, this woman said she was exiled. Does that mean that she's evil and the other ones aren't, we don't know the details, you know what I mean? Um, and then, um, and then we have the, the, the damage control. They were clearly the villain the last episode and Mm -hmm. the second episode or third, I don't remember which, but other than that, they weren't really part of the show, you know? So it's like, I don't feel like storytelling was really the strong point. Now that being said. That being said, the craft. Well, actually, let me ask real quick, um, Walter. You said mm-hmm. you stopped watching it after a while. Was the storytelling not strong enough to keep you watching it? No, I, just, I was just busy. But as soon as I kind of, uh, I got, I was working and doing some stuff at home. But as soon as, because typically I'll recommend stuff for baby mama to watch, and she'll, she'll kind of like reluctantly start watching it. Like we just did Gargoyles, and she really enjoyed it. And then right now we're gonna go back to X Men. Walter, you mentioned gargoyles every week. We have to do an upcoming he episode. Loves gargoyles. Just- oh, man. Like, like th- I think this is going to be my introduction to Junko. What is it called? Funko? The Funko. <laughs> Funko. Okay. I've never I've never wanted to buy Funko Junko, but then, I'm like, Jimmy, uh, Stylist Kid, was showing me, and I was like, damn, they look so dope. I want to get them now. Um, but the episodes but you saw, what's the storytelling together? I, I liked it. It was good. Okay. It, it was solid. From, on my cool, book, and then, 
and then um oh storytelling i'll give it a four okay. and then i also i i, I asked um like i said uh baby mama as i stopped watching the the last few episodes she started watching those with the with the baby and 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 i would like talk try to bug her while they were watching it and she was like no nah, nah, stop it stop it like she really got into the series and actually she knew she knows a little bit about uh pa- culture in pakistan because one of her one of her best friends from pakistan so she was like no 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 no, that's not that or you know kind of like so then she she kind of got enveloped enveloped or how do you say it? um she kind of dove a lot into it really especially that episode like when when she went to pakistan and i was like what she's in pakistan i'm like what um but yeah it's um watching it through their eyes they they really enjoyed it yeah and i get why they enjoyed it and to me that enjoyment came from the craft because while i don't feel like the storytelling was well put together they did a great job with like uh, executing like how you have like it honestly felt the way I described it, I think early on was like, this is the kind of show that my students might put together if they had the budget, you know? So it felt like teenagers were having these conversations. Um, they have, you know, the texting was done with these cool graphics. Whenever she's got a plan, it'd be an mm-hmm. animated plan. Uh, they didn't do the first episode have some cool cuts and transitions. They didn't do a lot of that going through the entire series, but when they did it, it was well, the time travel stuff you mentioned that was executed really well. Um, you know, it, it, it you could tell what was happening. And even if you didn't know it, the cliffhanger by the next episode, you fully figured out what's happening. You know, um, craft wise, it was great. I love the directing. I love the acting. I, I, in fact, that matter, the, the Iman, I've mentioned this several times that that actor who plays uh, Kamala, she's amazing. And she was never considered herself an actor before this. And she was so good in this show. She was great. She, I, I give it's it, crazy I give it that people five. don't complain. Four out of You're going to give it a four? Four out of five on craft. Yeah. So I'll jump on my craft. So craft for me, I think it kind of goes, like you said, I love the art direction. I love how it's shot and you kind of don't take into consideration because it always comes up is the budget, right? Like, Oh, was it cheaply made? Did they not want to invest much into this thing? Right. Because you'll see things like people complaining with She-Hulk. They're saying, Oh, the CG looks crashy. They're not spending money, money on it, blah, blah, blah. Look, like you actually, it was done well. Like you said, like sometimes not having the money makes you do things um, in a in a creative way, and still make it look gorgeous, right? Like I enjoyed how it was shot. I loved the animations of it. How information was transferred between the kids. I love the characters. I love the the respect that they gave to to the religion as well when they went to the mosque and how the temple and and how the disrespect that the government showed when they entered the mosque which i think is also part of that that that, that's showing the craft like it's subtle but it's there you notice that the only ones that don't take off their shoes everyone else takes off their shoes government just walks right in yeah and i'd like the fact that they they don't say anything about it you know why they don't say anything about it because it tells you about how much the muslim community has to deal with government over the years yeah, and I like the fact that whenever we get to see family gatherings, the wedding, uh, the choreography and the dancing mm-hmm. for that, like it was awesome. Like I was, I didn't know what to expect episode to episode uh, as far as the shooting and how it, it panned out. Even the CG on it looked mm-hmm. pretty good. So I think I give a solid four. Mm-hmm. How about Walter, you? What do you think? Uh, Walter, craft. Well, um, like I was about to say, like, I mean, because 
that's why we have different opinions as, as we kind of start trying to do this more. Like Kevin has yeah. a more critical eye on certain things. Uh, Freddie, I might say you can slip a lot of a lot of shit by me. Like <laughs> if if you distract me, like, oh that's shiny. So then to me, I'll give it a five. Um, it's that that's. But then again, you know my my critical my my critique is a lot more liviano. I would say leve than what you guys would come up to. So. I was about to, I was because I was about to ask y'all, what would be a, what would be something low score on craft within the MCU, like uh, recent, recently. I think you know, if you want my opinion, what I think would be poorly shot, poorly managed, or poor, just kind of looks. Eh, I did not take well to Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I think that Damn. show for me, mm-hmm. craft uh, didn't the, craft on that one. Storytelling was still. Much to be desired. I thought it was a little better, but craft was not strong. Uh, Also, I would add to that to a a weird extent, multiverse of madness, because while the the, all the director stuff of of of, um, Sam Raimi, I I loved. You know, that's cool. A lot of the acting wasn't great in that film. You know, Um, and even the CG in that film felt lacking. To be fair with you, parts of it. So. Um, yeah, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I felt like the best actors in that movie were, uh, you know, Wanda and Wong. But other than that, everybody else seemed to be kind of phoning it in. And I was like, well. So, yeah. Okay. That would, okay. To give you that. Got it. Okay. All right. So, feels. I mean, Kevin, what do you got on the feels? I, I would give it a five, man. I'd give it a five. It's five. Just, I'll just go uh, ahead all and say the, five, All man. the way to the top. Because it, all the reasons we talked about earlier, uh, yeah. even if this had some faults in terms of storytelling, and even if it wasn't like big budget, you know, everything. But you know what got me, man? That first fucking episode when dad <laughs> comes in with the Hulk costume. Oh, yeah. And she like, just oh, fucking God. goes, no, you're going to embarrass me. And Ooh. you're both and you're both dads. Yeah, that yeah. hurt. That That's hurt right harder there. You. I, was like, I mean, it even, it even, I mean, it just reminded me when, when that scene happened. Uh, it didn't happen then, but it reminded me once my daughter did it. And I was like, is that is that what that felt like? Because we, we were where well, we went to go get the rice balls, Stanley, yeah. this weekend. Um, yeah. so, somebody was having a birthday. People started singing to that person. And then me and baby mama started also singing. And the baby literally covered baby mama's mouth so that she would stop because she was i was like is she just is, is she getting shy like is she telling us to shut up or are we being uncool I'm like you're just two and a half you shut up <laughs> but that that <laughs> but scene and then uh, the yeah. family the mom the connection with the grandmother aisha you kind of kind of see her a little more in that episode that was around the family and her great-grandfather and just the family connection with even with the cousins that were there for an episode or two, like you saw that they were just family, you know, like real life and real life translates, you know, to react to those feels. So I give it a five all yep. the way. All of us unanimous. Yeah. Unanimous. Uh, and then Kevin, I must, you start off, man, the potential right. for this to grow. Potential, what do you got? Um, honestly, I also want to give this a five for potential, but for different kinds of reasons. Um, obviously, you know, flat out is there sequels. We already know it is going to lead into Captain Marvel. Like we knew from WandaVision pretty much since that series was, I don't know before it was what came out, but while it was out, they basically said, Hey, Monica Rambeau is here. She's going to be in Marvel's later. But there was nothing that was like set up for Marvel's other than her having to have like some kind of like bad feelings regarding Carol that we don't, that were never explained. That's all we got here. We have obviously at the end of setup. Hey, She's going to meet Carol Danvers 
And, 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 um, and by the way, a little aside, I saw some clips of, I think it was from a Disney uh, cruise line or something. And they've got yeah. new scenes filmed of actors from the MCU, like Ant-Man and everybody else doing their scenes. And Carol shows up and then leaves. And then Miss Marvel shows up. And it's like, hey, was Carol just here? So she doesn't actually get to see her. They're never in the scene at the same time, which that's kind that's of funny. Much. But, but that's only part of it. The bigger reason why I give this a five is for what I said the other week, which is years from now, there are going to be other shows that have teenage girls with superpowers, whether they're black or white or Hispanic or whatever they are. And this is going to be the show that little girls grew up with saying, I remember watching this as a kid. And again, it's not just girls watching this. Don't get me wrong. Like Gem and the Holograms. I love that show. Sailor Moon. I love that show. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah. You know, She-Ra. I loved that show when I was a little tiny kid. But the thing is, um, these are shows that adult women can look back and say, I saw that and it inspired me. It wasn't all He-Man and G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles. There was more stuff out there. And I think the fact that this is the first seriously done show with a female lead, and it's not just as a young female lead, rather, as a, as a teenage girl, as opposed to, again, the Disney Afternoon kind of shows. Um, yeah. I think that is going to be its legacy. I think the fact that it's the first show um, of any kind of sci-fi or supernatural or, or, or superhero show with a Muslim lead is also in the US, obviously, other countries, certainly. Um, that's also going to be its legacy. So that's why I give it a five, that even if it wasn't perfect in all the ways we may want it to be, it was exactly what it needed to be. Nice. Question regarding that, I mean, in terms of potential, mm -hmm. um, like, you know, Stranger Things, I don't really, I haven't really been watching it, but I watched like the first and second season, mm -hmm. but the, there were, there was this, uh, there's memes making fun of how the kids have grown up so much and they're still playing like supposedly yeah. little kids. Yeah. Um, how, how does the character like this develop as she gets, is this the type of role that she grows up in, into with or, you know? I think Marvel's a little bit more protected from that. All right. So like Stranger Things has a problem where they already said from the beginning, each season's supposed to be the next year. But between oh, season right. one and two, it took two years to film, I think. And then yeah, season two, three, three and four, years. season three and four, it took three or four years to film because of COVID. So the kids yeah. suddenly all grew a foot each and they can't help it. I also worry about Shazam, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. I actually Shazam is probably my favorite DC movie, or, or or well now that I guess the Suicide Squad is better, I guess. But Shazam was still amazing, right? So good. And, and yet, I think they cast all of the kid actors way too old because they didn't know when their second film is going to come out. And by the time you have the second film, are they going to be twenty nine year olds playing teenagers? I don't know what's happening. But with Miss Marvel and with all the Marvel universe for that matter, they don't have to stay kids, right? Spider Man was in high school. Next movie, Spider Man will be in college. You know. Miss, with with Kamala, most of her adventures in the comics are her as a teenager, but they reference her as an adult in the comics. She's met versions of herself from the future who has been like an experienced hero or in a war zone, or there's one version of her that becomes president of the United States. So it's like, you know, there's a future for Kamala as an adult. So I don't, I'm not worried about that. Like, you know, okay. yeah. So that's not a big deal here for that part. And, and just to kind of recall some when, uh, Captain Marvel came out way back when the first one. I had a lot of I came across a lot of like negative talk in terms of Brie Olsen playing her. Like there's people that didn't like her. Is that something that that might seep into this or or, or is that or is that long gone? No, right? I think it's still an issue for some people, sadly. But I think that when you look at something like this, I would say it's successful. You know, as far as getting I, I, attention. Walter said earlier, though. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. 
because Walter, you said earlier that you've been hearing a lot of negative reviews, mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to say that all the negative reviews were because of misogyny or racism. That's 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 disingenuous to say that. You know, there's always no, 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 not necessarily, but... but I'm going to say that there's a lot of the loud voices, not necessarily like well thought out voices, but loud voices mm-hmm. that are like, oh, she's just uh, it's a girl, and you're trying to say that she's a hero. Stop doing that. Heck, there's one TikTok that became viral for the wrong reasons. Where this guy who's a, who's a comic book you know movie reviewer and stuff is joking that oh I gotta drag myself along in order to watch Miss Marvel before watching the next Marvel movie oh poor me and it's like he's just whining you know what I mean so yes people were upset at Brie Larson because she said for example that there should be more women reviewing movies she's not saying men can't review movies she's not saying women would review movies her movies better because they're women she's saying that. Not every movie is made for every person, you know. So, like, as much as I that's, love movies, that's fair. Like, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to Hawkeye, the series itself. Yeah. Like, I just yeah, exactly saw the first episode and okay, cool, whatever. So, okay. So uh, for me, I think it just kind of leads into that competition potential. I think there's tons here. Um, you know, it leaves the gate open. Like I said, we even hinted at mutants, so that kind of makes her crossover. We don't know mm-hmm. how crazy they'll get, yeah. man. <laughs> what if we get Miss Marvel with the X Men? There Randomly. will be a Miss Marvel Wolverine team up at some point, you know. At some and how, point, and how, and how, um, as as a new consumer of all this, how hard is it for something like for something like Miss Marvel to kind of accomplish? Uh, a, 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 is it like because you got Spider Man, you got all these like well known characters that have been rebooted, rebooted, have been around for a while, and then you have Miss Marvel coming in. Is it sort of put your head down? I mean, speaking from from the Disney perspective, here's her her down, you know? here's what she has that none of those other characters have. Uh-huh. She's a fangirl. Like literally, her whole thing is that she writes fanfic about real life superheroes. She has fan websites in, in the in the movie in the TV show. She has a fan mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Yeah. So her in is not that she is, has an established fandom like Spider Man. All you have to do is show up in Civil War, and everybody goes, "It's Spider Man!" You yeah. know. Yeah. But her in is the other way around. If she shows up in a movie where Spider-Man is, no one's going to be like, well, there may be obviously people that will be like, it's Miss Marvel. But instead, you're going to have her on screen going, it's Spider-Man. And that's going to be the fun part because you're going to get to see through her eyes what it's like to become part of the Marvel Universe. What if Miss Marvel is like a correspondent on her? Like, you know how... how- <laughs> Tell me you didn't like that scene in what was it? Homecoming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I Where Spider Man with his phone. Hold on, let me put, and he's recording on his phone when he's fighting everybody. Yes. You kinda but laugh I mean, at that. Does that you know? mean I'm I'm assuming Disney already I'm not saying has they're copying Spider Man, but no, be fun. But I think yeah, I agree. I think that she could easily do that, especially with the version of her that follows podcasts and has a YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. No, but what I'm trying to say, does that mean that Disney is a little bit more patient in terms of the viewership picking up and not just throwing it away or like, like I think so. Up, they have the cachet you know, and the money, man. They're gonna sit yeah. there and. I feel like Disney just throws everything out and sees what catches, you know. Oh, okay. They'll they'll, they'll run with it for a couple. I think I mean, that she's. Uh, yeah. I think potential is good. I give it a five okay. for potential. Yeah. I don't argue with you there. Um, and Walter, I mean potential. I mean, I know you said you're not versed, but how do you see it from your perspective, your eyes? Does this I'll see? Say, a, I, mean, a future? I'll, I'll, I mean, obviously, there's a goddamn future. Like, there's so much money behind it. Like, duh. <laughs> but I will say it's like. I, like, is it going to see a little bit of a struggle? Of course, and I hope it does, because then that means they take a little bit more serious and not just slap shit together and throw it out there. Yeah, because how, I mean, the, like, how the hell did know? that girl just show up at the school 
oh, I'm taking TikTok videos. And, the, and, and like, what is she doing there? The girl, what's her name from the first episode? Zoe? Zoe just randomly shows up at the end. I'm like, okay, why are that, you here? That goes back to the storytelling part. Um, yeah. She's actually a major part of the first, like, 12 issues of, of Miss Marvel, where she is an ongoing antagonistic bully of Kamala, which is only hinted at in this show. And then at the end, she ends up becoming one of her closest friends and confidants due to things that are only hinted at in the show. Um, and, th and they'll probably reveal in the next season about her. But the thing is, I wish... And this, by the way, it's something that, that I, I said to a friend of mine that I feel bad saying it. The two characters I wish we got more development for were Zoe and Bruno, which I know, I know they're the only two white characters in the show. But like, <laughs> one's her best friend and one's her ongoing antagonist. I kind of wish we got a little bit more of like why they are those two things they are. Um, and, and it's weird to say that like we finally have a show with like a brown protagonist and get the two white people more attention. But I, it's horrible to say that. But at the same time, uh, storytelling wise, it would have been stronger. If yeah, we I agree. Why Zoe did what it's she just did. too, like you said, I think it kind of echoes going back to what you said that it was the end of the world, but it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. like you say, mom found out. The worst thing that could happen is mom found out. You know, yeah. so I feel you on that. But uh, Walter, what do you give it? You said you give it a four, you give it a three, a two. Potential. No, yeah, because I mean, I keep going. I, I keep wanting to ask you questions about the potential part because it seems like, a, like it seems like a good, a good, uh, a good uh, example to kind of pick up. I guess ask questions regarding how uh, a friend, I guess Disney, keeps on going even after some. Let's say that the next season is not that good. Do they still keep pushing the bill? Because then. They're, build, so, they're building, they're putting characters out there so that my daughter then grows up with characters that they'll be, she'll be nostalgic of, not necessarily me. That's why last time when I, when I spoke about potential, I was like, well, it might not be an audience for me as the, as the new stuff comes in. Not that I would So if they make it, a Miss you know? Marvel season two, you wouldn't be as interested? No, he's saying, no. what if Miss Marvel season two was bad? Will there okay. be more for, and actually I have an answer for that. If they, I guarantee you there'll be a Miss Marvel season two, right? And I think when we get that, that's when Zoe and Bruno and, and Nakia and the other characters are going to get more development. And also when she'll get a villain. Like, I guarantee you there'll be a villain from beginning to end in season two. Yeah. But let's say that that season flops. Miss Marvel is still going to show up in whatever the equivalent yeah. of the Avengers is going forward. She's going to definitely guest star in at least one X-Men movie, you know, at this point. So yeah. th that character, especially with the actor being so strong, that character... Even if the show doesn't succeed, she will succeed. Okay. What about so the conversation that people say that? There's a lot of opportunities for characters to uh, make up for it. I forget what the word is. I guess but, but, like bring it back in later, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you say, Walter? What's your number? Oh, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. I'll, give, right. I'll, make, it work. I'll make it work for it because it feels like Again, going back, it's like it feels like it, it's pretty easy to kind of kind of bring in Iron Man, fucking Spider-Man. It seems like this is going to take a little bit more work, I imagine. You say right? that, but like before Iron Man came out, how but many people, people in the people, world knew who Iron Man was? Yeah, well, I knew because of because uh, of the Black Sabbath. The, the yeah, that, but that song's not about Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then you say, oh, is this Iron? And then you start going down the Iron, you know, kind of yeah. looking up Iron Man. But, I think oh, uh, I will... Say trending, I think it, it hit hard. I mean, I mean, I think it was a good solid 
three to four. It hit as soon as it came out the gate. Everybody was talking about it. There were videos for and against it, hating or liking. So trending would mean I would sit it about a four. In my I opinion, think trending at a three for all the reasons Walter brought up earlier. That um, I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was at all the failure that some people want to claim it was. But the fact that there was even room for doubt kind of says that there weren't enough people like paying attention. Uh, mm. The one exception to that is the last episode trending. If you're only counting the last episode, it's a five because oh, yeah. everybody wants to know about those post post scenes. In fact, I, I, I part of me wonders if they filmed the scene about the mutation after the first couple episodes already aired, because you know I, I kind of feel like that was like a later pickup. Like maybe they didn't intend to put that here, but they did. Hey, so, so are these our, our novelas? I mean, yeah. I guess, like, yeah. Our, 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 the sixties. No, like our novelas and, and yeah. in terms of us as old people, these are our novelas, right? Sure, why not? About it, right? Like, yeah. I, like I, re I remember watching Betty La Fea, Fedor Escamoso with my parents, and I wasn't too into it, but then it's actually funny and it's more like a whole of family sitting together and having fun and laughing at stupid stuff. So is this kind of where, where, where this is leading towards? Because I never equated novelas and soap, novelas in Espanol and soap operas in English. Because soap operas in English are at, at matinee, it seems like, during, yeah. during the evening. Uh, novelas were at night, Marimar, hard-hitting drama, man. Like, you know? Well, Marimar, let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you, Walter. Uh -huh. American soap operas, the daytime soap operas of American soap operas, those mm -hmm. go on for decades, right? Yeah. But true. novellas usually have a beginning and an end, right? Every day episode, yeah. every right, day. Right, right, right. Day. No, no, I know, I know. But, like, they, the storyline has an ending. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how would you feel as somebody who watched novellas when you were younger, if that one ended, but the characters showed up in another novella and that story continued? That's what the Marvel it Universe was. Did. It was awesome. Cause Universe. there was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Betty, That's what I'm saying. Betty That's what Fea, Betty La Fea Although exactly. at, that point, at that point it was Echo Moda and it kind of sucked, but yeah, I get what you're <laughs> saying. Still, so that's what the Marvel Universe is. It's all these little self-contained novellas, but they cross over with each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that's, that's fun. I think okay, I think cool. I I agree with you. I may have to re recall my storytelling if I think it over. I think I'm gonna give that a three. Uh, if I have to kind of round things up here for the evening, so Miss Marvel for me story wise is a three. The craft is a four. The fields is a five. Potentials is a four, and trending I sit at a I think three four. Three or four, I'm kind of. I say, split, I, say, so. I say solid three only because of the stuff that is said. But if you were going to count again that last episode, which we need to talk about right now, the we idea, do. which is where it's going from the future, yeah, that's a five. But like, I, I can't give the whole show that kind of a, of a trending kind of feel just for the last 10 minutes, you know. True, as a makeup for the whole season, right? The whole yeah. experience, the which is not the show's fault, in my opinion, but like, you know, it's just what people pay attention to, yeah. yeah. So let's give us what are what's our score overall for Miss Marvel season one, and we can chat about the the last uh, episode really, and just kind of the last uh, section here. So we said storytelling. So I haven't seen it, so I haven't seen it, so get me excited. We will, we will. <laughs> we will. So storytelling that we said, I think a three from most of us. A three. A craft. Three. I don't remember what the what the consensus was on craft. Was it four or three? Mine was a four on four. craft. Okay, four. I think I said four too. Feels everybody's a five. Yep. Potential, I think we were solidly four. The only one yep. I don't know is trending. 
Yeah. Trending, I think I'm sitting at a three at this point, just okay. based on that conversation. Three, three feels like that for me too. So I think that already evens it out. Now, here's why you have to be excited. I was going to say I'll stick with Stanley. <laughs> here's why you got to be excited. At the end of the show, first off, there's the mutant thing, and they actually play the, the song from the X-Men cartoon, which you love, man. Mm -hmm. but, exactly. But then her her bracelet, her her bangle, rather, starts glowing, and it's, like, glowing and, and like, pulsating, and she doesn't know what's going on, and she looks at it, and suddenly she... And my first thought when I first saw that was she shrank. Because in the comic book, she can grow she can big manipulate. and small. Yeah. And she did the big part in the last episode, which was great. I loved it. In fact, I want them to go further in the movie uh, where in this episode, she covered most of her body from the neck down in this like crystalline body, which gave her kind of weird proportions. But that's what she has in the comic. I want to do that plus a big head and make her like really, really tall, you know, just some crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought maybe they were going to find some way to make her small, even though it doesn't fit her current power set. But then Carol shows up. And then my first thought was, in the very, very first issue of Miss Marvel that ever came out, when Kamala first used her powers, she, she transformed turned into, into Miss Marvel. And my first thought was, are they Ms. giving Captain her, Marvel. like, maybe they were going to say, we're going to give her original powers now, and that's how we hint it. But no, then we see Carol look at the pictures and look at the wall and go, oh, no. And that means she realizes she's A, on Earth, and B, in a fan's house. Um, yeah. So that means that is the real Carol. So she swapped places. Carol is somewhere in space. And she swapped places. And here's why that's important. Remember we talked last time about the bangles and how I said that those are the bands and that if you if you smash them together, you change places with Captain Marvel. She yeah. literally changed places with Captain Marvel. <laughs> the only difference is, is that I looked. Carol's not wearing the other band. And normally when you switch places with Captain Marvel, both people have bands, right? So what I'm thinking may have happened is Carol, Captain Marvel, found the band, activated it with her powers by accident, which swapped places with Kamala. And now she's going to have to find a way to get back. And now, obviously, we know that she can fly faster than light and stuff like that. So presumably she get back. But unless there's less wherever she was is somewhere that she couldn't easily get to. And that's actually the next thing I was going to say, which is in the comics, when you switch places with Captain Marvel, it's not like he's in New York and I'm in Chicago. No, he had to be in a place called the negative zone, which is an antimatter universe. Um, and they've also done other things. They also had him in the microverse and other places, but whatever. The point is, he had to be in another universe entirely, which no matter how fast she flies, she cannot get to. So that means if she found that other bangle in another universe, she's going to need help getting back there. So that means that, that Kamala is going to be stuck with whoever is in that, wherever Carol was, asking for help. And Carol is going to have to find somebody on Earth to help her get back to that other universe. Cue Monica. Monica works for S.W.O.R.D. and she has superpowers now and she also knew her when she was little so she's going to bring her back over there. Um, there is a, a rumor that I don't fully believe right now. I'll believe it when they announce it that there is another Marvel they may include because right now we have Captain Marvel which is Carol Danvers. Yeah. We have Miss Marvel who is mm -hmm. Kamala Khan and then we have Monica Rambeau who in the comics was the original Captain Mar well not original but the previous Captain Marvel and I kind of I kind of want her to have a new name that is something Marvel not just call her Spectrum or Photon um, yeah. there's a rumor that they're going to bring in another character named Marvel who is the Blue Marvel um, I I don't know that they would for this movie I feel like if they do it's going to be really cool if they do but Blue Marvel's whole deal is a he's as powerful as Superman and B he's as smart as Tony Stark. And 
he knows how to control and access the negative zone. Oh, so, that's cool. So if Carol is there and they need an expert to get to the negative zone, it would be the Blue Marvel. So you'd have the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, Carol Danvers, who's basically Goku. You have uh, uh, Monica, who can become any kind of light or energy that ever existed. Um, you, uh, you have She can become gamma rays. She can become lasers, whatever she needs to be. Then you have Kamala, who is still learning her powers, but clearly that thing is something important. And if it is one yeah. of the bands, that puts her up in the power ranking. And then you have Blue Marvel, if he were to show up. He's Superman, right? So basically, of all of these guys, and again, I'm not even saying Blue Marvel would show up. Even without him, it's going to be a really power-heavy movie, which means I want to see some really powerful bad guys. There is a very powerful bad guy that's in the negative zone. If, again, I don't even know they're going to the negative zone. I'm just saying that's where those bands usually go and where Captain Marvel has to switch places from somebody. The negative zone is an entire universe that sucks. Now, there are civilizations in that universe. There's even some humans that got stranded there over the years. But the reason it sucks so much is because there's one being called the Nihilus who is a massive, like, eight-foot-tall insect. And his whole thing is he hates all life except for himself. And he wants everything to die except for himself. So he actually creates life, ironically enough, of this whole, like, army of insect creatures whose whole job it is is to... A, kill people, and B, die in the name of their father. So, like, that's all they do is kill and die. And in the comics, they destroyed all of the Kree Empire. They destroyed all of Damn. the... They took out the scrolls. They they threatened Galactus. And they almost got to Earth, and it took a lot of heroes dying temporarily because it's comic books to stop him, you know? Uh, and I don't know that he's going to be in there. I'm just... This is wild speculation. The only thing we do know about Marvels is... Carol is there, Monica's there, Kamala's there. That's the only thing we do know about that. Story. It'll be exciting. I think having that much power on screen, like you said, needs a bad guy that can match it. Because even if we look at Captain Marvel, I mean, was it really the bad guy? Was was it just was just? I, I mean, that's, that's her first bad guy from the comics. So yeah, you know, so it's, it's what I'm getting at is not that impressive. Here we go. Like here's a here's a bad guy you know here's yeah. a, something tough that can deal with so, I, like, okay. I, like, I, like, uh, I like how i like how kevin said the whole dragon ball because that's literally like it's just a high-powered being right it's just a fucking yeah it just seems so like the, a reason high call, output, the reason i call it dragon ball is energy right yeah well it's goku right he gets, charges up shoots out energy yeah. she can do both things but then goku can also go super saiyan right carol can go binary that's where her whole body catches fire, her skin turns red, her hair turns to fire, and now she has the power of two suns. So it, that was hinted at in the previous movie, but they never actually mm-hmm. showed it. So I'm betting in this movie she will go full binary. So can I ask nice. you a question in terms of, uh, I promise baby mama I would ask you this question. <laughs> um, we started watching X-Men, the, you know, the animated series, mm-hmm. and she asked me, where does, because Rogue was... Uh, Rogue uh, took uh, took uh, Wolverine's power just to weaken him enough, yeah. so she just kind of lightly touched them. And she mm-hmm. was like, "Where did she get her powers?" I think she got to get, got them from Captain Marvel. You're gonna open a whole so, other door. She got so them. Then from I'm like, okay, yeah. So, so then, it, how what yeah. is how does that you know like? So in the previous movies, the the, the ones with Hugh Jackman and stuff, uh, Rogue has brown hair. And then she touches Magneto and now has a stripe of white in her hair. And that's it. And it's implied she got a little bit of extra power, but we don't see it. But in the original comic, she's A, born with that white stripe. But B, 
she was a bad guy originally and her biggest success as a bad guy was she fully defeated Carol Danvers. She completely took her off the map. Uh, she essentially killed her. She was technically in a coma, but she was brain dead. Um, oh, Professor X and others had to bring her back to life. And even when Carol got brought back to life, she got her memories back, but there was no emotional connection to them. So essentially, the original Carol Danvers died when Rogue touched her. And this is a brand new Carol Danvers from that moment on. So mm -hmm. unlike everybody, well, nowadays in the comics, Rogue can use whatever power she still sold. But for the longest time, she could only use on a regular basis Carol's powers because of how much she had taken from her. So if she touched Wolverine or Colossus or whatever, it'd be temporary. But because she took everything of life from Carol, mm -hmm. uh, that's why she could fly and she's bulletproof. And there are even some really great stories in the 80s where Carol Danvers' personality was still inside Rogue's head, locked away. And there was a point where she had to break into a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility without S.H.I.E.L.D. knowing. And literally, Carol in her head says, let me take over. And so Rogue says, okay. And then hmm. Carol, with Rogue's body, takes a coin, flicks it. And she flicks it with such force and at the right angle that it bounces and knocks out all of the security systems of a helicarrier. And then she goes in and gets Wolverine and says, hey, man, how are you doing? Let's go get a drink after this. And Wolverine looks at her and goes, Carol, is that you? You know, so that was cool. And the thing is, is that the fandom is aware of yeah. this. And the fandom wants that fight to happen, right? So I I'm, do. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious when the X-Men finally come out, if we're going to see rogue take out carol danvers maybe that's and her her captain marvel 3 that's her exit you know i, I mean yeah, that's her swan song. or or she could use it kind of like uh hemsworth did with thor and make it to kind of reinvent herself you know like thor sure. came back with his funnier ragnarok on uh we could come up with uh, carol now having seen death you know uh, have a new perspective on life. Who knows why we'd see it? You know, we can do whatever would happen. Awesome. Look, there's what, the what, wax what, on. What um, would um, they ever not do that and kind of give her powers a different origin, like Rogue? I mean, they could. I mean, they did that in the previous movies. I just don't mm -hmm. see them. Like, let's put it this way. I think if, I mean, at least a flying like, part, like in strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like one of two things is going to happen. Either we're not going to get Rogue at all, or we're going to mm -hmm. get a Rogue that flies. And if we get a Rogue that flies, they're going to yeah. tire to Carol Danvers because that's what the audience wants to see. And honestly, I think it's what Kevin Feige wants to see. I don't think it'll be. I, I mean, because how, how do you how do you how do you feel about a, a accident with that gambit? Like, you know, like originally, I kept thinking he was going to come out like at the original X Men movies. You know, I like, want them to make the next X Men movie without Wolverine. Hmm. I I want the next X Men movie to not have Wolverine, and if possible, not have Magneto. You know? Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't get me wrong. Those are like the best characters. But because they're the best characters, we need to save them up, you know? Have them yeah. later. Introduce the early guys first, and then, you know, bring those guys in mm -hmm. after. I'm with you. I think you don't have to lead with the fucking mm -hmm. A-team. You know what I mean? Like, well, you can... Make them the A-team, like we did with Iron Man. I mean, who, who would even play... I forget who they're, they're talking about. It should be it should be Isai Morales at this point. But point is, yeah. I think that <laughs> this conversation can move on and on and on because Kevin has a flight to catch. No, and not only that, I want to go ahead and wrap on uh, Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. We didn't give her a number. So what's our number? Are we looking at just the averages overall? here? Overall? Averages, yeah. Yeah. Overall, so, four. she's a four. 
Yeah, because okay. because we have a couple threes in there, but like for where it counts, the fields, the craft, the potential. High four. I yeah. mean, we don't do point fives here and all that junk, but nah, it's a solid points. high four for me, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, well Kevin, Kevin uh, uh, you're gonna, you're going to Con and the Galapagos Islands or, or Madagascar. Somewhere out there, yeah, right? I don't know where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But Kevin, have fun, man. I know when we get back, we'll chat about it, and um, just appreciate you taking the time, man. And be careful out there. Stay safe. And Primos, of course, just follow us along. Follow Kevin online as he's out there doing his thing. KevinGarcia.com, Monomete.com, of course. On Instagram. Instagram, at My Primos Podcast. Primos, take care of yourselves. Adios. Adios.